0: You're very welcome to Wade in as we look back on all the weekend action plus your weekly questions answered as well it looks like Constitution Hill is not going to turn up a punch us against Tony Suckle the powers that be pretty much deciding to ruin the Chatland Festival by adding a fifth day and the war in Ukraine is still going on how's your weekend going Ken Blake <laughs>
1: Actually, had a lovely weekend. You having
2: done carry and a little break, and it's been lovely. Thanks very much. All right, okay, good stuff. TC, you're well.
0: You're well. Yeah, it's my pleasure, yeah,
2: yeah. part. I Had a bit of an issue with my front tooth on Saturday, which um, <coughs> <coughs> may be sort of rectified at the end of the day. But he said, like one direct bite on it, and he said, "It's bye bye once again." So yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I'm going to survive punches down because I won't be being careful there.
0: Yeah, I thought you'd managed to run into one of your fans who just finally managed to, to knock you out. But anyway, no, it's just uh, the teeth, the tooth, the tooth work. Yeah, well, like, so.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm eating kid food for the next four months, but I'm not sure banana was my diet of bananas and soup will last to punch us down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how are you, Vanessa? Are you in good form?
3: Very good. Very good. <laughs> On a Welsh road trip. Fast last yesterday, Chaps day today. Loving life. Excellent. It must, okay. must have
0: been tough to prep for that
1: fast last meeting, Vanessa, with all those runners.
3: Took hours. Twenty-seven Aris. runners across the car course. <laughs> Twenty-seven across the entire course. Oh yeah. 13 thirteen, thirteen k up for grabs in the first race—a three-mile novice chase on good ground. Two runners, come Two racing, runners. guys, Wait, come where, racing. Where, where,
1: where's, my, where's my little, where's my little bear in the burning room saying this is fine? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my Can god! Can I just look? It
3: this is where, you've also just point out my room setup here. Oh, there's bear. Yeah, there is actually
0: a bear in here. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, we'll get stuck into the weekend action. Um, as I mentioned, your list of questions as well, plus a few issues around the world of horse racing. Um, Kev, native trail, look, I mean, he, was, uh, he wasn't he was a backable price, really, even for me, um, but he did the job. Um, is he... Is he the most likely winner of the two thousand guineas at this stage? We haven't seen an awful lot of the contenders. Obviously, we have the likes of Luxembourg, Fred, and O'Brien. But based on what he did, are you happy that he has progressed sufficiently from two to three to be a live contender?
1: I'm oh, well, sure. Look, he did, he did everything you'd want him to do, really, and um, he kind of did it in the style that we became accustomed to last year. And that he, like, he isn't a smooth traveller um by by any stretch of the imagination he can hit it's not even that flat i don't know if you'd call it a flat spot but he's not the smoothest traveler but as we saw last season like his performances are characterized by just this this monstrous strength in the final furlong um and he's look he's going to be very difficult to beat like i don't know if Newmarket would ever be his very best track like i don't think the read necessarily plays to his strengths but you know clearly he he put up a huge performance in the jewhurst and he put up a lovely performance the other day, so it's clearly not something that holds him back too much. But mm. um, look, he looks to be the one to beat. It's great to see these horses out in trials. You know, it's become obviously the, the, the relative norm for them to go straight to the guineas. It's great to see the, the likes of him in a craven. Um, it gives us a bit more meat on the bones prior to the big one. And yeah, you should look at his supporters anyway. They've done a big prices. Um, I don't think they would be too upset having seen him the other day.
2: Yeah,
0: but he's six to four now, TC. I mean, if he gave me six to four native trailer, eight to one perfect power, I'd, I'd probably lean towards perfect power, to be honest with yeah, you. I mean, look, I, I know as a two year form, native trail sets the standard here. Yeah, I accept that. But six to four for the 2000 guineas, I don't know. On the basis of that run, still too short. Yeah, no, I, I think
2: six to four, I'd rather be a backer than a layout, six to four. I think perfect power. I think you have to wait back in the day. Far, he seems to sort of, have, you know, Trying to pigeon this whole horse as a a seven furlong horse at best, and maybe French two thousand guineas rather than new market. But you know, we'll see. So I wouldn't be going all in uh, at eight to one on that. I mean, I think the exchange price is nearly double that, and that factors in. You know, the fact he could go elsewhere. I mean, the depressing thing about Native Trails' performance, and and it was really great, is we might as well get it over with now. I mean, I think we might have a question on it later. But you know, the fact that. The Dewhurst runner up to Barri Legend and the Guinea's second favourite, Caribous, both had a race course gallop at, at Newmarket instead of you know, running in the Craven, and we ended up having a fours-on winner. Yeah, something's got to be looked at there. Now, I appreciate if you're an owner or a trainer or a jockey, you'd want a, uh, a regulated environment whereby you give him his prep run outside of a race. But, you know, it's no good for racing, is it? I mean, having having, this, having some really viable guineas uh, performance just not just not running in the main trial and you get yeah. it's something it's, it's got to be looked at it's got to be looked at but I don't think you can change much but you know they'll do what's best for their horse and if racecourses facilitate it then all being well but it was working against the racecourses and it worked against Newmarket last week ban racecourse gallops Vanessa that's what I say <laughs> ban them ban them
3: it's one of those things, it's just like Tony says, it's hard. Like, what is the solution there? You're not ever going to ban race course gallops. And even if they weren't, if they weren't, I think, you know, for Caribus, for example, given everything Charlie Affree said about him and his temperament and why they chose to go down the race course gallop route over the trial route. I don't think we're ever going to be in a situation where we would have seen him in a trial anyway. I think if he hadn't have had the opportunity to have a gallop on a race course, they just would have taken him to a different gallop in Newmarket somewhere. So I don't know what the solution is, but it is, it is disappointing. It is. I, I heard on Luck on Sunday, variant stat about, is it eight of the last 12 Guineas runners haven't run in a trial? Is that right? Winners, I think it was... Yeah. Really? Sort of, wow. Yeah. Is, was that right, Kevin? Sorry. No, I was no, like, no, no, well, well, well
1: I suppose the, the thing is, like Bally Doyle obviously have, have a, had a great amount of firepower and they habitually with their calls don't run in trials, you know. They, they haven't done that for an awful long time. So that kind of... That, that'll naturally skew it a little bit it, just because that's that exists it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it yeah. is the correct way to do it it just a way it works very well for bally dog i suppose and um, given the firepower they have it you know it kind it's no wonder why people look at it and say oh that must be the way to do it but would they would they win less guineas if they ran in trials probably not
0: would you take luxembourg Kev, or native trail just a, 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 you know forget the price for the moment i mean like who, um, who, who oh is for, a guineas, for, for
1: a guinea for for guineas it's probably going to be native trail you know i think Luxembourg yeah. and Point Landsdale. To me, they're probably going to be better over a bit further. Um, and a Native Trail could look shapes as though he'll be perfectly fine at a mile in the quarter, certainly yeah. as well. So, but you know, he he, geez, he he is powerful inside that final furlong. Um what?
3: Yeah, no, does, I I, I love him. Over, I can. I'm all for him. All I'm much more positive. Well, you guys are all positive on him, but obviously shirking at the price. But like for me, he's going to win the Guineas for sure. Really? I, I wow, don't. it's confident. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I really love oh, him. I think he's an absolute standout. I think you know, basically with Caribus, for example, you're just going with the chat. Like, I, obviously he's done what he's done on the race course last year. Mm. But essentially what's got the hype around him more recently is the the chat and the gossip about him and the style in which he did this apparent race calls Gallup, which none of us have seen anyway. So, like, whereas with native trail, you're going on exactly what you saw last season, and then he's obviously carried it through to this season. And on top of that, I know you can kind of crib him for his high knee action. He is quite heavy in the way he moves. That's not ideal what Kevin's touched upon. He's probably not actually ideally suited to Newmarket, despite the fact he keeps going and winning there. Mm. But, um, no, I'm all about him. I can't see perfect power staying i don't even think he'll tip up um and yeah i'm much 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 more leaning towards going with a proven horse who i just don't think you can grab him at this stage and he's a gorgeous looking individual
0: yeah he and is. he's just the
3: ultimate professional as well how can you not like i mean uh, people do love him and for good reason he's a breeze up horse for god's sakes he was forward he was precocious he's sound. He's a beauty to look at. He's bred beautifully. There's just so much to like about him. He's everything a racehorse should be. He can come out. He runs his races. He's sound in his mind. He's sound in his body. I'm all for him.
0: Yeah, okay. The 1000 Guineas picture then, guys. We'll have a look at this um, before we move on. Uh, I did see Toy win at uh, Cork. I think she's 20 to 1 now. I don't know if you'd be overly impressed by that. I think this is her third time uh, trying to get off the mark. Wild Beauty, though, 12 to 1 from 20s, Kev, um, after what she did, and Jumbly as well, who you mentioned on the podcast on Racing Only Better on Friday um, as a potential winner. But what did you think of her performance, first of all?
1: Um, I thought she was good. But was she much better than she was last season? I don't know. Um, right. Look, you know, getting back up to a mile, I think would definitely be a help to her. And she can hopefully bring her form forward, forward. But did she... Did she jump up and down at me as a potential 1000 guineas winner? Um, not necessarily to me. And Toy, I think the sounds of it is she's probably going to go for the, the, the French 1000 guineas, if we, want, if we want to call it that. You know what I'm talking about, I'm sure?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, for, for yourself, Tony, any eye catchers in the 1000 guineas from the Phillies market?
2: No. Um, obviously, while Beauty is more likely to head for, the, for France as well, I was, I'm a big fan of Toy. They were actually devastated when they got beaten first time up. Um, obviously, odds on did it as it, but no, actually, she did it more impressively than odds of five to six, maybe suggested. So, and obviously, she comes from that. getting eagles happily, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you think uh, back to think back to Snowfall as well. She was disappointing, you know, early on in her career, and then all of a sudden, just blossomed, like you know. Like so. say, say, they do love that horse, um, and if they have found the key to it after getting Chin first time up, and obviously, yeah, uh, weekend was a good stepping stone. I. Be interested in her if they did come to Newmarket, but like I said, you don't know at the moment. But um, mm. yeah, she, she's a horse that I think's well, pedigree alone, she's got to be of interest for, for grade one races down the line. Yeah, and
0: Vanessa, I'm always interested, like you know, on, on horses. You know, Aina Brian has spoken of this before. And if, I don't know, maybe it just seems to be more of a thing with Phillies than it does with Colts, but certainly in the last couple of years, you think of Snowfall as well. The progression from two to three, that like you know, they have this this horse that they think an awful lot of, particularly Phillies over the last couple of years. That might necessarily deliver at two years of age, but all of a sudden, then they have a winter, they turn out next year, and they're a superstar.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, you see it plenty, don't you? You've obviously referenced a few there that have done that, gone down that route. And, you know, the fact is when you've got an operation like the Ballydoral operation, they can see the talent from an early stage, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it follows through to a race course and thus a winner's enclosure at an early stage. A horse can have plenty of ability and things and mind and physical issues and the way races pan out and just development in general means that she, she or he may not... You know, be reaching his full potential for quite a while, and then when the penny finally drops and all the elements come together, and they've been nurtured through and patience, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then all of a sudden it's like bang, everything's in place, and the the show gets rocking and rolling. But for me, just in terms of the kids, if I'm mad keen on Native Trail and can wax lyrical about him, for, the, for me the Guineas picture, the one thousand Guineas picture at the moment, I am so unenthused by. It. I don't know what it is. I I just can't get. I just Honestly, I wouldn't have a bet in it at this stage. I was met about wild beauty, as I think loads of people were. Um, Amina Cachet, oh, I, 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 I Honestly, I, it's I, pathetic, isn't it? I'm supposed to be like a professional. I, I, well, homeless
0: songs for me, Dermot Wells. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I like. She, her she, she's, she's the most said, impressive. Yeah. yeah, I think she's
3: been I the most like impressive
2: her. so far. I mean, obviously, yeah. we got Jackie Harris for the discovery. Isn't it? But I was, I was, you know, it's difficult. It's a hard. It's easy to get. Um, Carried away with maiden victories, but I was really taken by Maina. Um, she's got a good blend of speed and stamina, and a pedigree. That win over seven furlongs in a maiden was was hugely impressive. I just
3: don't think she's going to go, is she, Tony? I thought I, I got the impression from interviews afterwards that they thought that might be too much of a jump into the deep end from what she's done thus far.
2: Very, mm. right, well, you know, and, no, we we say the same about trial winners. I mean, you, you yeah. probably will take your powder, uh, keep your powder dry, till you get a better idea at the five-day stage, and even then. It might be better off waiting to the Thursday, but than the Friday, for the decks. But yeah, as in terms of potential just visual, uh, the visual manner of Fort, Fort Manor was was a filly to keep on side. Um, yeah. Obviously, stiffer toss await there.
0: Absolutely okay, and we should mention Iden as well um, in terms of the Derby picture after his win. Um, now so
3: look, I've got something to say here.
0: What? So th-
3: this horse is called Eden, and he's oh, named- Eden. Yeah, and he's. I named- thought it was Iden. Yeah, I think a lot of people have called him the wrong name for a while now. And I'm under the impression, so Eden is the village that actually my house looks out onto. And Eden Hall is where Gerald Lee bred all his like Barathea, *Bosmer*, Sham and Gossamer from. Mm. And it's like a very well-known park, um, like stud, and the pasture there is absolutely unreal. And Prince Faisal's horses are now breeding stock, are now kept there at Eden Hall and run ah. by the Bouts. Oh. And so they've named a horse after the village Eden. And yeah, it's like it's a very, very, very famous part of like what the an education
2: country. that is Eden. It is.
3: <laughs> <sighs> Eden Eden and yeah so I think so yeah uh, Faisal's breeding operation is based there and run by Ted Bout they don't own the place it's actually owned by a tech giant now and he's a complete introvert he doesn't leave his house and he locks everything up and he doesn't like anyone on his land and it's very very sad because it used to be this thriving stud that bred all these champions okay that's how,
1: uh, how how tall is this tech giant
3: <laughs> well played I think he's like six foot two really tall really Ooh. tall Kevin
1: is he a giant <laughs> like, though
3: yeah I don't know he actually <laughs> um he brought the place for millions a while back and everyone was like I think at the time a little bit excited like oh this will be great and he literally like he has barricades at the gates no one's allowed in no one's allowed out no one's allowed on the land it's that actually very sad sounds
1: ideal to be honest <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's be lovely. Great.
3: <laughs> but there you yeah. go. It's an education. Eden, named after the village, mm. first place of Bosra Sham and Gossamer.
0: Okay, good stuff. Um, right. Eden, remember that one. Um, all right, but well, let's move on, shall we, uh, folks? And um, 100th um, edition of Weighed in today, by the way. So well done, oh. everyone, for not Boom. being cancelled. Have you guys? Now. Can
3: I just ask have you guys been, if you boys been here the whole way through? Since day one together? since yeah. day
0: one. What and episode did I us yet, Vanessa? They haven't cancelled us, us yet. It's a what miracle. What
3: episode did they need to bring me at in at, to <laughs> sort of ramp up proceedings? <laughs> uh,
0: about 85, I'd say. 85. Things were going uh, badly <laughs> downhill after that. And <laughs> it wasn't for it wasn't
1: for lack of trade, you. We had a few fellas try to cancel us there once days didn't we? I'll tell you <laughs> what, <laughs> people try and
2: cancel me on a daily basis, Kev. Yeah, yeah, two campaigns to get me sacked from the whole of racing, so...
3: Yeah, I tell you what, listeners listeners get involved if you are listening to episode one let's yeah. get in contact with us we want to hear from you let's engage right. your, with our your listeners.
1: favorite moments what moments yeah. outrage you the most yeah well yeah. We, 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 we might have
0: one now we might have one now because we're going to talk about this five-day bloody Cheltenham festival so we have this guy go. Fyaffi, going on talking absolute rubbish last week and <laughs> um, Basically say, oh, it's not a financial decision. We're doing this in the best interest of racing. Okay, fine. Are you going to conduct a poll for racing people then to see who actually wants a five-day family? No, no, no. We're not interested in that. We don't need to know the public's <laughs> view. We don't need to know the racing punter who are trying to get in through the door. And sure, look, Saturday, isn't it a great day to bring kids along with the £85 tickets that we're charging in? Have a big family day to bring a child into a crushed Saturday at a Cheltenham Festival. I mean, look, lads, I think this is an absolutely... Disgraceful decision if it happens. It should not happen, but it looks like Kevin Blake. It is going to happen,
2: and the fat cats are going to get their way. If said, said a sixteen-year-old in a children's toilet on a Saturday, he'll come out a man. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it won't come out at all.
1: Sure, 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 look. We have been talking about this for years because the threat of this has been there. For, and I say threat, you know, very deliberately. You know, it's been there for years. They've been floating kites on this for years. And uh, like in terms of the racing public, like the view is the same. Like whenever you run a poll on this amongst the racing audience, so it's always kind of eighty to eighty-five percent will say no. Like we we don't want
0: nobody this. wants this, and
1: it's and it's obvious why you know. Like we we it's too big as it is. You know, going to four days you know, it wasn't popular at the time. And with the full benefit of hindsight, it was a terrible move for Cheltenham. You know, again, it comes down to what do you, what do you want Cheltenham to be? Ask yourself that question. Do you want it to be a national hunt championships that we build to all season, that delivers all the big clashes we want to see? And it's just an incredible showcase for jump racing. If you want it to be that, it needs to be three days, you know, at the very most, Um, you know, but now it's become this, this commercial, behemoth that the jockey club you know seemingly are, are quite content to to bleed for every single penny you know they've extended to four um the you know uh, plenty of talk about the prices there this year ticket prices you know prices for food and drink you know poor experience in terms of people being crowded in too many people being let in and now they're going to make a fifth day um it, it's terribly depressing you know it's indicative of where national Hunt racing is right now it's just it's honestly so depressing. I find I find it genuinely upsetting as someone that loves the sport that this is going to happen and it seemingly will and you'll get people to stand up and try and justify it, you know, trainers in favour of it. I don't know if they're thinking, well, if we have a couple of extra races, we might have a chance of getting the winner. You're not, lads. You will have the exact same chance of getting the winner because all that's happened is Willie and Gordon will just have more chances to split up their horses. They'll get more winners out of it. You probably won't. Um, You know, who, at the end of the day, Hugh, if anyone, uh, people like us that love racing, and everyone that listens to this podcast is in the same boat as us, who gets to the end of Friday at Cheltenham, Mm -hmm. right? Last race is run, and you think to yourself, "Geez, I'd love another day of that. (laughs) (laughs) And we love it, and we love it. It's terribly (laughs) exhausting, you know, a, a, a fifth day on a Saturday. And now, anyone that tells you a Saturday will lead to, like, bigger viewing figures and more betting turnover, they're actually wrong. You talk to any of the broadcasters, any of the bookmakers, they'll tell you that's not correct, that's wrong. So don't ever let anyone tell you that and look you in the eye. That's not the case. This is just this is just a money grab for the jockey club. They'll say they put all their profits back at the racing. What profits? That? They've over 100 million of debt on their books. You know, racing isn't going to see the benefit of this. You know, and it's just utterly, utterly. Utterly depressing. Sorry for going on, but it does exercise me. It's it's so depressing. Only Calvin,
2: tell us, tell us the positives of a, of a fifth day. Give us the positives there. I can't be honest with you. I mean, I just we won't bash him up because uh, obviously I think he's embarrassed himself. But you know, Josh on Sky Sports Racing, you know all these marketing buzz, buzzwords like accessibility, and oh, we've got the data. That's... No, you no, you haven't got the data. Yeah, you know, I I, think, I mean I was of the opinion that it was a done deal, right? And then I watched Robert Robert, Robert Wadey Cohen. Sorry, I'm bumbling over my words because my tooth is still giving me chip. Robert Wadey Cohen on, on Luck on Sunday, they got him in the studio. And I got the impression that he wasn't going to, I didn't expect him to be controversial and you know, give a give a, a very balanced view. But in a minute, luck got out of him. The fact is he basically wasn't in favour. He he just and also, and, and I'm amazed it hasn't picked up uh, in all the press today. He actually said. As far as he was aware, and this is a former Cheltenham Racecourse chairman, and obviously he owned banks and he knows everything about finances. You to know, He actually said, he actually killed it, stoned dead, and said, I don't think there will be any net positive financial gains from having a fifth day. Uh, he said it's very expensive to set up. And he said, is that right? all the other considerations about can Cheltenham uh, take a fifth day uh, as regards the ground? Um, there's any number, there's any number of negatives. Uh, you know, you, the idea of getting a Saturday crowded and bringing your kids is just laughable. I, I, I can't see any upside to it whatsoever. And one upside to it, as everyone's said, it's greed, it's money, etc. When you get someone like Brady Cohen actually poo-pooing it right at the start, and yet, but he qualified it by saying, "I haven't seen the data about the, the upside, of financial upside of having a fifth day." And it, but you do you know the reason why? It's because if he's this to believe, and obviously um, Renton ran away from this in, in his two interviews on, on, on Sunday, there is no, there might not be any financial upside. So what so where are we going with this fifth date? Who's actually asking for a fifth day? Why are they why are they actually why are they yeah. actually consulting on a fifth day? Tell me one person who wants a fifth day. Okay, we've had um, some questions nice. on this, I just want to check uh, and check some people as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, um on the five days before I get, come to Vanessa. So Daco says, if the five-day press was inevitable, can they not uh, do one day as a preliminary day, like a day full of? Crap racing that people who know nothing about racing can go to a student day or such nonsense and keep the top racing to three days. Um, Luke Moj. They could do that, that now, by the second... way. They could do that with four days. i would be all for yeah, that. Yeah, Luke, yeah. Luke, who I keep getting a second name probably wrong, says uh, five-day fez is inevitable. Monday to Friday, better than Tuesday to Saturday. Furthermore, why is everyone against it? Best scenario would be just to make it six races a day. Um, Le- Yvonne Lewis says, "Um, if Cheltenham moves to five days and becomes a regular festival, could you see the double race festival replacing it and so on? Look, I mean, uh, Stuart Ackister, um, Stephen Home, Nick, uh, Simon Mack have all ri- written in about this and asked about this one here. But the majority seems to be, Vanessa, that people are not in favour of this. What's your own view on it?
3: Um. Well, I no, I'm not. Overall, I'm not in favour of it. The idea that we'll get a Saturday full of family racing crowd and more people involved in racing because they can go on a Saturday. I'm not totally against the idea that some people who currently don't go to the festival will buy a ticket and go to the festival if it's on a Saturday because they don't need to take off a day off work. I can see the angle in there. I definitely can. But I think fundamentally you've got to make the product coincide with what with the idea of racing on a Saturday. And at the moment, the race day experience on any day of the festival is not a family day out. It's not a young person's day out. They don't have the infrastructure or the space at Cheltenham for it to be like, I don't, I think Dan Barber said it in our WhatsApp group. If you think you're going to get a sort of low key, nice relaxed vibe and lots of space, like you would do at Ripon on an evening meeting for family families to run around on a Saturday, you're not. The Saturday at Cheltenham will look exactly like the Thursday at Cheltenham looks, won't it? Like exactly the same, you know, packed, too many people. No one can get to a bar. It's not a family race day experience. So I think we can just bash that idea on the head altogether. Of course, you why are they peddling to- that line? then? Why
0: are they peddling that line? Do they think people are Well, stupid? Unless,
3: unless they're going to open up the infield and put a load of bouncy castles and have a <laughs> childcare crash. Then, then maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's the idea they've got. But you guys, can you like? You know, you see those overhead shots of Cheltenham. They ram us in like cattle into that place. They're still going to do that the same on the Saturdays. They do all week. That's not going to change. This is, so the, the, problem.
2: Problem. This is well, the problem. You've got people, sorry, Vanessa, this is the problem. You've got people marketing ideas, people who go to corporate, you know, they're probably in the racing breaks, tented village and stuff like that. <laughs> they, You know, they've got a retreat. I mean, if you are there for five or six hours and you can't move. yeah. What kind of experience is that? I mean, Renton did say that they may be looking for, reduce the um, numbers on, on Tuesday to Friday. And I believe that when I see it, and maybe having maybe 60,000 on five days and making it a, a bit easier to get around and a more, a more pleasurable experience. If you're a race girl, drinking, you know, actually seeing the horses and, and things like that. Um, so maybe. Look, I, 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 I'm, a big fan. I'm a big
0: football fan. right? just, I like, you know, I, I, I watch an awful lot of it and, And I remember, you know, the decision was made a good few years ago now to widen the Champions League, right, to to bring in more teams, right? So basically the Champions League was was essentially, you know, the best team from every uh, league, the Premier League, if you like, um, Serie A in Italy or the Bundesliga in Germany, whatever it is. The top one or two teams came in. You had the best of the best concentrated in this brilliant European tournament that everybody loved. Now... Right, they've widened it to such a degree whereby there's teams come in from all different countries. They, they, the group stages of the Champions League, basically what I was saying, are a non-event now. Nobody cares about it really. Everyone knows the teams are going to go through. The Champions League only gets interesting really when you hit the quarterfinal stage and kind knockout of stage. And essentially, they're doing the same thing with Sheldon. They're widening the scope for it, Whereby, obviously, we're going to have more races. They're trying to pack as much as we can, but the quality is diminished. And this is exactly. Yeah, what's I mean going the
3: idea. So then you get to the point whereby you have six race days. And you're obviously shifting for, for, you know, the races that are already there over to Saturday and creating two new ones. People will say, well, it's only two new ones and you'll probably bring back the novice handicap chase that was already there. So really it's only one new one. And great. Like Nikki Henderson might have an opportunity to w- run a four-year-old fucking Philly against her own sex to win a grade <laughs> one. Like whoop you doo none of us will watch it. Right. Yeah. And, but like, the more we dilute it year by year, people will say it's only one or two races extra potentially, but like that's one or two more than it was last year. And then obviously we've gone from four days, we've gone from three days to four days and just gradually and gradually and gradually the people. And what frustrates me the most actually is the people who are making these decisions will be six feet under before the likes of me have to live through the repercussions. And that's what fucks me off.
1: Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and just, just very quickly on it you, like the long and the short of this is, like what's so frustrating here is the Cheltenham Festival like is in such a privileged position in general. You know, they have become like almost the sole focus of this entire sport, all season builds to it. And they have, you know, what what is often like a magical event there in March. And rather than kind of seeing the bigger picture, seeing how lucky they are and protecting that magic that they have, you know, they're, they're bleeding it. They're bleeding it and bleeding it and bleeding it, and they're not going to stop for, for any time yet. And that magic yep. will diminish. And yep. the likes of the Dublin Racing Festival was will, will seem like such a glorious contrast to Cheltenham, you know, this two-day ultra-tight race program for the best. Most of the best horses are in Ireland anyway, you know, at, at some point, you know, that, that balance between the two is going to start shifting. And Cheltenham will have nobody to blame but themselves. When yeah. they when they lose that position that they have, and it might
0: take a long time yet, but it's clearly only going one direction. Okay, um, Kevin, there was an interview with uh, Ronan Grew and Gordon Elliott in the um, Irish field on Saturday. Uh, interesting, some interesting comments from Gordon. Um, I guess in relation to um his non-interviews at the Entry Festival. Uh, in particular, which he was asked about directly. He said he was, you know, a couple of years ago he might have been disappointed, but by, by now he just moves on. I'm sure ITV are more interested in showing buns and cakes than talking to people about racing, which I thought was a brilliant line. Um so Kevin, like it does seem like from Gordon's perspective, that uh he feels that there's something amiss um post-race that he should have been interviewed. I don't know if he does.
1: Like I say, he said that now with a a smile on his face, you know. Like, look, I asked the question of ITV last week. They gave their answer. I I have no reason to doubt them. You know, I know from working on these shows how tight time is. And if Gordon was greeting the winners out in the tracks, he he said he came back to the winner's enclosure. I'm sure he did. But if you're not there immediately after, you know, the, the horseback interview finishes, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to hang around and wait for two minutes for you to get down the chute. And that's just the reality of, of television. Um, And like just this, this agenda that people have created that ITV don't want to interview Gordon. Lads, that that kind of falls at the first, they interviewed him at Cheltenham. They interviewed him many times during the season. There's no agenda there. Relax. Like, stop creating these little mini dramas. Yeah, but stop can't, he stop been, showing all the, he stop, stop showing all the buns, that he buns and cakes. Them. Stop
0: showing the buns and cakes. The buns yeah, and know, cakes.
1: He, He's, he might be upset that he wasn't interviewed but it wasn't anything personal like it was just the way it panned out like not every winning trainer was interviewed during the week so um God, pe- people love to create these little dramas and, and apparent conflicts like even when there is none but anyway that's that
0: okay um right um a bit of a mess last week we've had some bad questions as well um tc on uh i guess you know racing's off times and the, the carnage that that can cause as well i mean just looking at um, the top two, Chris says, how can one track Cork have a 30-minute delay to one of the races due to a public health emergency yet managed to catch up so that the last race at 5.45 went off on time, yet Newbury was running late all day to the point we had split screens for, I think, four of their races. And Milo Brett says, what's with the tardy starts in the UK during the flat season? Newbury again yesterday. Ascot and others dreadful. Ambling about five minutes past
2: the off, I don't get it. It's uh, a bone of contention. Yeah, well, the, the, the courses need to be pulled up here by the BHA, don't they? Um most of the big tracks are pretty woeful. They basically do what they want. Um, I just don't understand why they can't make any effort to, to catch up. Um, yeah, and it, and, it's, and it leads, these, these late-off times lead to more clashes. I mean, and, you know, if you're watching racing TV or trying to watch racing on racing TV on Saturday, it's just a complete mess. So if, if you could actually outline a worst case scenario for watching horse racing it's probably racing tv on saturday uh, obviously they've got <laughs> the irish they've got the irish stuff, and they've got you know they had six half to do meetings and that's and i think they had one twilight meeting coming in after that as well i mean it's just it was a clashes all around the place you know they were choosing jump races over you know flat races and it's you know it's, it's just oh, like, yeah. okay just, my just, my the guys timing, guys,
1: just sorry yeah. hugh just on the timings like I I it is incredible that this is allowed to happen. And like in a in a proper sport, like surely there would be penalties for race courses that, that aren't punctual. And we all know sometimes things happen. And of course, at Cork on Saturday, a poor man um had yeah. a, a medical emergency and ended up dying the following day. Unfortunately, they got arrested. Um but mm-hmm. they that they made a massive effort to catch up. They caught up, they really tried and they caught up the time they'd lost. Whereas you Newberry there, who lost a bit of time after before the um the, the Greenham wasn't it? And they didn't make any effort to catch up. And then they actually end up losing more time. There's races going off 10 minutes late uh, yeah. and it just messes with everything. And there's, yeah, I goodness. assume there's no um, actual um, penalty for it. And it seems okay. wrong, you know?
3: A no, yep. just a final note on the timings front, sorry. I often am on course and as all of a sudden I'm at my monitor, I'm talking about the race. I think it's two minutes to the off, but actually I can tell it's going to be at least three, if not four minutes to the off because just of where the horses are on the track are only just coming out. Often, even when you're on course, you might not know why there's a delay to a race. But what I find, funnily enough, is that the smaller tracks are much better at catching up. So if there's a delay to a race at Wolverhampton, sometimes it can be five minutes late off, but it doesn't mean the next race is going to be five minutes late off. They're much more you know to the point and like catching up the whole time, whereas yeah. on it on Saturday, it just seemed as I think it was Tony who said there, the bigger tracks sometimes just seem to think, oh. oh, we're late now, so we'll just be late.
0: Yeah, okay, we'll move on. As in, well, by the way, just to mention Dr. Adrian McGoldrick as well, and um, played an absolute blind record at the weekend by all accounts, um saving that man's life literally. So, um, <coughs> fantastic news that he managed to come through it. Um, what no, do he we make?
3: He didn't come through it. What?
0: Oh, He'll okay. the way to unfortunately. Take that out. Take that out. Okay. Take that out. Um. Right. Um. Mark Todd. Um. Has been suspended for four months. Um. Half of that has been suspended in and of itself for uh, the video of him striking the horse with a branch. I know we spoke about this at the time. There's part of a mixed view here on, I guess, on on what he did. But um, I, you know, the whole manner in which the BHA kind of threw this decision up here. Um, Kevin, a little bit unsatisfactory, and the suspension itself. Um, do you think it's a, a fair amount of time? Um,
1: the way it was dealt with was 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 a bit hard and unsatisfactory. You know, like the, the original hearing was was cancelled at quite late notice. And then um, like we, the press, got, got an email the other day just literally saying, uh, sorry, lads, short notice. But uh, this hearing is starting in 10 minutes there. If you want the Zoom link, you might ask us. <laughs> and the hearing yeah. took place 10 minutes after the email went out. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea. Like, I'd love to know how that panned out and why it panned out like that. Um, Is there
3: any, any, has anyone heard any inside track on that? I've heard absolutely uh, no, nothing.
1: I didn't no. follow up on it now, but it just seemed incredible. And look, the, the hearing took place and they, they, they handed down the punishment. They handed down, um, like I thought it was fine myself, um, like the, the, the BHA kind of, you know, have set, have set a bar with the way they dealt with the Gordon Elliott case. Um, you know, it, the, the very unsatisfactory way they dealt with the, the Gordon Elliott case in terms of jumping the gun before the jurisdiction it took place in had dealt with it. Um, and they, they probably feel like now that anytime, anything remotely uh, comparable to this comes up, they're going to have to deal with it in a quite heavy-handed way. And, and you know, I think t- to me that seemed, that seemed you know, a heavy enough ban for what happened, but I know uh, opinions will vary. Massively on on that view, um, as we, we we you know we've had, we found out when we discussed it in this yeah. podcast at the time.
2: Just but, very quickly, I mean, I, I gather <laughs> there was a pre hearing uh, about procedure, and then they decided to kick on because it sounded like they did a backroom deal. You know, four months you've already served two; just take the two months suspended, and we'll just kick on and just rubber stamp it in ten minutes when the press are tuning in. So. I think yeah, I, I, it's a horrible marketing word. I think mean, the optics of it look terrible. Uh, it just looks like a backroom deal. Obviously, people going on about some Mark Todd's very different to the likes of Gordon Elliott. And I mean, people can have a word about the ban, the four-month ban, too much of to spending if they want. But, you know, and yeah. I, know, I know the others on here just don't think it was a... It was, it was a, a, a massive issue as opposed to, you know, animal cruelty. But I mean, it doesn't, doesn't sit well with me that Gordon Elliott gets six months for sitting on a, a, a no-welfare-issue uh, uh, effort rather than some Mark Todd here. So it, it just, yeah, on that it post, that Gerald says, why is a
0: trainer caught on camera whipping a horse ten times with the branch of a tree, granted another coat of equine, less prejudicial to the good reputation of British horse racing than a trainer sitting atop a dead horse? has recently passed away because of natural circumstances. So I guess echoing your
3: view there. Um... I, I guess that's it though, isn't it? Is it just feels like they sort of slightly pick a number out the sky. I don't know. Like, no, that's an unfair comment. But, you know, what is prejudicial to the good image of horse racing or whatever the line is? Like, there is no hard line on that. So, and mm. how can there be? So at the end, it falls down to someone's opinion of how bad something looks. And... Yeah.
1: Yeah, whenever, or the amount of already amount of coverage
2: it gets, I suppose it's probably exactly, right.
3: Exactly, which we whenever, covered on this podcast, mm, you know. Yeah. yeah
2: whenever exactly. you get a situation whereby a deal is done where it's time-served and you can kick on again, people are going to there is, is gonna prick up and, and just yeah. come to come to one conclusion. It may yeah. well be it may be the wrong conclusion, but it's a conclusion that I think most come to.
0: Yeah, it's more anti-Irish bias again for the BHA, lads. i just keep telling you. It's it's (laughs) sickening. Um, Right, um, Derek O'Donnell says, right, we'll just go through your list of questions, then uh, the rest of them um, that we haven't dealt with already. Derek O'Donnell says, "What would, um, would be interested in whether uh, this is an insight as to what's to come for jumps racing in the UK and Ireland. What can we learn to promote to prevent this? And the, the, the tweet underneath was, what a mistake banning jump racing in South Africa. Oak Bank was the biggest meeting over Easter. Only 2,500 went yesterday against tens of thousands normally. Worse tomorrow. And the jumps protesters have metamorphosized and metamorphosized into whip protesters. Oak Bank will be closed unless the jumps are reinstated. So is this but, a kind of... Um, and that's a,
1: that's South Australia rather than South Africa. Um, sorry. Yeah, they've they've had a funny relationship with jump racing in Australia. It was banned for a little while, and then it came back. and uh, And look, it's exactly right. um You know, I think that we've talked about it before. It's kind of a slightly morbid conversation, but that's the natural path of this thing. You know, jump racing will come under continued pressure in future. um We'll see how it pans out over the next number of years, decades, hopefully. But if we ever did get to a point where jump racing was um, consigned to history. Those protesters would morph into <laughs> whip protesters, and then they'd morph into flat racing protesters, and then they'd morph into uh, you know, horses being kept as pets. Protesters, you know, there's a, there's a there is a there is a you know it, trying to appease the unappeasable. Um, is a, yeah, but, um,
0: this maybe you can take this one again because it's about ITV's coverage. I don't know if, if you can. Uh, Kieran says on the ITV coverage of big festivals, who are the fashion segments for? It's previously been said that it's. Uh, the case that they wouldn't be disappointed to see no similar content when they tune in to watch muscle breath.
1: Look like as, as I always say when we talk about, um, ITV and the questions we'll get into this show about ITV racing are always going to be from as we always say people from inside the tent and my answer is always the same lads it's not for you it's not for me it's not for probably anyone listening to this podcast it's for a much broader audience you know how many people would have been watching Aintree on racing TV last week 10 or 20 mm-hmm. 30,000 um, and there was you know 7 or 8 million uh, on ITV you're 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 trying to create an entertainment show um, with with a sport with a sporting foundation, that's what they're trying to do. And as much as listeners, this show probably won't like it, lads. They're doing a very very good job. The numbers read exceptionally, not, you know, overall compared to what they were, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, in in a in a climate of you know you know reducing television figures. So um, while you know, I don't like the fashion segments. I don't like plenty of the lifestyle segments that TV Racing do. But you you have to be broad enough. In your, in your view of it, to know that it's not for you. It's not for well, me, well, you know?
0: Well, okay, but what do you, well, TC, just on the flip side then, Mark Johnson's comments um last week, where he said, the way we sell racing purely as a betting product rather than as a sport is bad for us. So, you know, his view is, like if, for people who, who might be interested in stuff around racing, like Kevin just said, and there is audience for that. Mark Johnson's of the view that there's too much focus on betting and that's actually costing racing. I presume
2: you don't agree with that. <laughs> no, I mean... I, I don't defy anybody from any of the organisations to say that they cover betting properly because they just don't. ITV uh, have come away from it. Obviously, Channel Four had dedicated big Mac, Tanya. Um,
3: did also- you did, on that note, Tony? Did you have we had this conversation already about we trialled on Sky Sports Racing that betting analyst type role. Did yeah. you see that day? Of no, I did. I mean,
2: you? you just said I think Tony Ennis did it one day on on a low key effort. I mean, there's but no, they don't. Yeah,
3: well, no, it was just it was just a bit of a trial run. But I was quite like I quite like the idea of that going forward so, as something.
2: So much more you can do. I mean, ITV, you know, the levels of accuracy across the program don't apply to betting. It's it's embarrassing. Racing TV. We had a situation a couple of Saturdays ago where the guy in the studio was saying. Um, but, you know, he wasn't even getting the the shortest price UK runner right in, in the race. Uh, you know, the levels of accuracy just don't apply. Uh, I don't watch enough of Sky Sports racing, but for me, the Racing Post. Um, and I've had a row with this yesterday about somebody. Actually, I, I just I think they've regressed as an organisation. You know, they they don't mention got they don't mention prices in their tipping articles. You know, they don't carry profit and loss. If there's so much more you can do with racing as a betting product, let's not be sniffy about this. Betting drives. The levy drives the prize money. They could do a lot more. I mean, anti-post weekend shows on a Monday and Tuesdays on the channels. where, you know Sky Sports Racing have a lot of dead time, as do Racing TV in the week. You could do so much more. Just engage people. Use data. Use analysis. I mean, it's racing hasn't moved on from Channel Four in the eighties and nineties. It just hasn't. Maybe one thing uh, they've done, and it, and it by definition, if you stand still, then you regress. Uh, and I, I would argue that with anybody, and I don't think, but, but I don't think anybody would uh, would argue the opposite for me. From all the all the relevant channels and and you know trade organisation papers, etc. Right. Fair enough. Okay, Brad Maxey says with 10
0: approaching, I can only find three horses that have done the Cheltenham Entry Punchestown Treble: Duvan, Isterbrack, and on the fringe. What's the panel do on the best single season achievement by a horse? Was a two thousand six two thousand seven colt star up there um, for two two and a half miles and three miles in the Gold Cup?
2: Um, Potentially, yeah, for me, probably. yeah, it's fair effort. no, yeah, no Nobody would be caught what caught I started in his yeah I mean, obviously, he won the pet fair chase that he won and won the Tingle Creek. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't
3: have a horse campaign like that now, man. No. Like, don't
0: do it. No, no. And and it's, probably... not,
1: and it's not that long ago, you know. You I look know, back but at, like... you know, 20, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there was still, and we'll talk about it now. I'm sure we we'll move on to the Punchestown chat, but you know, horses were regularly mm. asked to do things and did things that they just would not... It would
0: seem madness to even attempt it now, you know? It's, it's amazing yeah. how it's changed so quickly. OK, all right. Um, so last three then. Um, Dave Parry says, with the success of Noble Yates and the Earl of the Cotswolds, do you think that many established trainers could benefit from more imaginative, ambitious campaigning of horses? Well, look, I mean, look, you know, we now know, I mean, we know now we've listened to Nicky Henderson. They're not going to run Constitution Hill against (laughs) somebody's Suckle. So all our big hope, completely dashed by people afraid of their lives to ruin a five year old horse running over the distance that he runs at over the obstacles that he runs at, because for whatever reason, they just decided, no, we're not going to do it. It's absolute rubbish.
3: Well, uh the Constitution Hill Honeysuckle thing is slightly a different topic, but in relation to David Parry's uh, um question like you know the ambitious campaigning of horses will trainers be more tempted i think in this modern day and age like the industry is developing all the time and changing all the time and the way trainers do things they it's slow to happen because we're in racing so we like to go slowly but essentially if a trainer can prove that they can train a flat horse a jump horse and everything in between you know they're 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 more diversified they're going to be able to attract an owner who might not know exactly what they want to win out distance wise Mm. or exactly what horse they want but they want a trainer who can do everything and if you can prove that you can and you're you, you know you're not just a one trick pony then I think that can only be a positive thing and there definitely seems to be more trainers latching on to that even talking to Jordan Naylor at Foss last yesterday I asked him well there must be a great buzz in the yard about Earl of the Cotswolds winning on Friday and he said yeah and you know it's great for Nigel just to you know show that with a horse like that a dual purpose horse he can train any horse and that's you know and one of the old guards, you know, essentially. I just think that it can only, you know, some of these younger lads are going to latch onto this and we might see less of people being just pigeon holders, just flat, just jumps all, you
2: know. Yeah, he yeah. seems to get right. a Cheltenham winning kind buzz out of that. Uh, Went along. Oh,
3: wasn't it brilliant? I love that. I loved it. I thought it made finals day just their reaction, their planning. If you followed them on social media, they got a private plane up there. They, you know, pinpoint training. I love that sort of thing. I've like reiterated this point on the podcast before. I love a bit when a plan comes off. And I just, you know, I thought credit to you guys. Well played. And they deserve all the praise they got. got
2: Shout out to Natalie Jane Green um, for her interviews on on ITV and stuff. She really encapsulated the movie. And stuff like that. So yeah, well played to her. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, Rich Francis says why were bookmakers
0: only paying six places on the Grand National, the biggest race of the year, but yet smaller handicaps. One on the same card just three hours earlier, were offering seven. I don't know. I mean, look, they obviously it's, decided. It's a,
2: it's a really good question. Um, I think it is because of the moneys involved. If you get if you get the wrong horse in seventh place and you paid seven places, and it takes out a lot of your profit and a, a you know a, a little amount out of a big pot. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's all to do with, the, with the, the, how much he's wages on the race. If you get the okay. wrong result in the extra place that you pay, well the extra, extra place, yeah. then it could take away a lot of your, your P&L. Well, your margin. Okay. Carefully. okay, good stuff. Um, GDT says,
0: following the incident with Brendan Powell, when does riding become dangerous or is it only when legal action is taken between jockeys? I thought of yeah, yeah, you, Kev, with this was, one. Yeah,
1: sure, that was, you know, it was obviously a, a bad enough case, wasn't it? He got 14 days, you know, which is a hardy punishment but, you know, just like uh, we, we had an, a similar case in Ireland a few months ago with a horse called Bron, and the stewards, you know, concluded that there wasn't any interference, uh, any any riding offence whatsoever. Um, the horse didn't run out on that occasion but uh, it, it was very severe interference um, and look, you, well, you want to see the stewards policing this sort of thing um strongly because it, it acts as a deterrent, as we always say and, um. know was a hardy punishment but i thought it was earned and that the stewards made the right call in my view
2: okay far off dangerous we could have had our second dangerous in 20
1: years if you if if they were if they wanted to if they called it dangerous they could have justified it definitely so. but they're Um, they're, they're so reluctant to use that rule of course it was always unlikely
0: Liam D, we dealt with your itv there with kevin so hopefully that answers your question and the last one is from andy crawford says with regard to the whip debate are we shooting ourselves in the foot having races with inexperienced jockeys using hands and heels only? To my knowledge, no serious issues have ever arisen in these races. Is the need for a whip to be used for encouragement overstated?
1: Um, no, I'd say not. You know, we're trying to ultimately, the whole purpose of this game now is to try to get uh, the maximum out of our horses and uh, the whip has been used as the the, the trigger point uh, to, for us to teach horses that when we want their maximum effort. And, uh, yeah, if we ever went down the road of losing it for encouragement, I think it would be a, a this, step for the game and
2: the breed. A there review, there's a whip review committee. I think it's 16 strong. Um, and I think they were meant to report back in September And because of COVID mm. it's been delayed. I mean, it's been going on for an interminate amount of time. Uh so be interested to see what they come back with. I think that I think it's due in not I wouldn't say imminently, but in the next few weeks. Okay. So you know we could get some very bad news or very good news, depending on what's inside of More
0: it. bad news, more bad news. Don't think it can take much more bad news on that bomb show.
3: Uh,
1: oh lad, you we, we haven't we haven't talked about the one talking point that 95% of the listeners will be tuning in to hear about you briefly top standard there. We have to expand on it, don't we?
0: Right. Well, well, listen, I mean, I said, I went on Twitter. You. On you last why night. are you in so
3: much of a rush? Have you got have You got Easter eggs?
0: No, no, I'm not in a rush at all. I went on a random Twitter last night uh, about this. It absolutely sickened me when I saw the comments about it. Um, it's the usual stuff, wrapping horses up in cotton wool for no good reason whatsoever, only that people are afraid of their lives to, God forbid, run horses against each other. I can't make any sense of it. I'm not the best place here because I just get too annoyed. So go on. Uh, Give me your view, like,
1: Jeff. What's your view. Look, it's it's one of those. Look, we're, we're all disappointed, you know. But if, to me, it's it's disappointment more than you know anger or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, it, we it's a systemic thing we're dealing with here. And if Mick Buckley hadn't raised this possibility pre Cheltenham and then again post Cheltenham, none of us would have called for it or even suggested it because it would be such a departure from the modern norm. But the fact that the owner was very game to do it you know, and and the possibility was there that it could happen. You know, we all got very excited because it, it was an it was an incredibly engaging prospect. As we saw from the coverage during the week, you know, the racing audience 50-50 down the middle as to who'd win, it would have been an incredible event for the sport excitement levels would have been a, would have been a fever pitch and now it looks like it's not going to happen you know we know nikki henderson is a fundamentally conservative campaigner of his horses so it isn't a surprise that he's that he's tried to put the kibosh in this um but oh, he's it, only it,
0: five he's only five Kevin. and look and, I, and I know and i
1: know you know quite a few of our listeners do wear nikki henderson pajamas and do get very upset anytime anything remotely <laughs> critical uh, of nicky henderson I I, i'm not go- i'm not going to be critical of nicky henderson as such here but i, I don't like this you know comparisons with golden signet you know he made that himself um yesterday you know plenty of people tweeting me in the last week you know what about gloria victus and you know all these examples it's just so wrong-headed like like the, maybe the pasture time I'm has back. clouded has clouded people's memories of these horses you know glory. um like Golden Signet was having his seventh run over hurdles in his life when that happened to him, you know, and he was going to bolt up and beat all the best hurdlers around, and he he just oh, fell. Who cares? A horse could fall at time, you know. Gloria Victus was a second season chaser having his seventh run over fences in the Gold Cup, you know, novice in, in name alone. You know these things happen. You know for every for every Gloria Victus and and Golden Signet, you know I can I can give you a you know a Cohen a Tissot crack. You know, in my lifetime, I can remember a, a, a good few novices running the Sound champion hurdle, you know, yeah. um, you know, Davenport Millennium won Catch the Sound champion hurdle after winning the novice hurdle two days earlier. You know, back in front, nearly did the same double. People forget Iris's gift was second in a stairs hurdle the Barracuda when he was a 142 rated novice we uh, know we know, we know that cowboy, people, only, people know. only
3: remember what they want to remember to make the point painful. they want to make. We know that it's painful,
1: like, it's, and it's painful and like, like my 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 bit and it's not just the constitution hill, I, I've been raving about this for years, like experience is the most overrated, overplayed thing in national hunt racing. Like, Constitution Hill is a five... People say so he's only a five-year-old. He's only five, Can Five! Five! Like, we had a champion Christ, a winning we champion. we had two-year-olds running at a five flat race this weekend. You know, it's we had painful. a seven-year-old like, winning
3: the national. Come on, like oh the number
1: The number of wrongs is far less relevant to the level of form shown. He's rated 170, lads. He's <laughs> the highest-rated novice earner in history. And you're trying to tell me that that horse isn't capable... Oh. Of running people. against he's people in, in an open class, two, three days before he's not a novice anymore, lads. He's not a novice on the Sunday after this race. You know he's going to. He's now he's going to go away and have a summer of grass. He's going to run in the Fighting Fifth Hurdle, I assume. Um, he could theoretically run against Honeysuckle then, but of course we know there's no good hurdlers in England. So he's not going to have a horse race until the champion hurdle in 11 months. We've basically dilly-daddled with the greatest novice hurdle we've ever seen. We're going to see nothing but dilly-daddling for 11 months of his life. You know, assuming he stays sound, he could could break his leg in the field over the summer, God forbid. You know, and here he is, fit and well in the form of his life after putting up the most spectacular performance we've ever seen in a novice hurdle. And I assume he's not going to go to Town, because Nicky said a few days ago, it's out of the champion hurdle nowhere.
2: And and who's the loser? Who loses, lads? We lose. I, t- I tell
1: you we what,
2: <laughs> I'll just chip in a couple of things on this. I mean, so many people of my age have been like croaking recently. It's unbelievable. I had another example over the weekend. Um, somebody used to play rugby with. I mean, Michael Buckley isn't, you know, isn't in this spring of youth, is he? I mean, he could wake up dead tomorrow. Just get out there and run your horses. You know, that's why you that's why you pay the big money, that's why you get involved in the sport. For the big matchups. So I can understand people just saying a conservative approach, but as an owner, I'd want to go there all day long. It'd be an absolutely brilliant Friday. And, and, the, and the only other thing I think, you know, and, and Vanessa's touched upon this at length before, it just shows again, racing is impossible to market in advance. It isn't. An right. and, and Vanessa said about you know, they've done the promos and stuff in the past on Sky Sports Racing. And and you know they don't get involved in it anymore because these things happen all the time. I mean, I, I'm not I, I'm not as strong as Kevin on how oh, he should run, etc. But if I'm an owner and I, right. I'm an aging owner, I want to get out there, and that's the, that be one of the biggest days in, in that owner's um, you know sporting uh, career in, in the racing field. Right, Vanessa. Last word um, to you on this before we wrap it up. Are you? Are, have you got anything to add?
3: Not really, from what the boys have said, it's just fundamentally disappointing. I don't like the, you know, the outrage about about the i no the outrage about the idea of running him in the first place is just like it just snowballs into how you know people just want to follow what is uh, just it's just frustrating that nobody's happy to do something a bit different if they've got mm. a fit, well, and superior oh, horse gosh. from the rest of their grade. Yeah. I just find it. Very so, so, so That sums up and society now.
0: Isn't it? everyone afraid of their life to do anything yeah, the, outside of the box? It's just pathetic. But to me, as, as kind of
1: disappointing as it is, that it's, that's seemingly not going to happen. You know, the most de- depressing and disappointing thing to me is is to to uh, over the week, you know, having wrote an article about it, talked about it on the podcast, seen lots of public comment on it over the last week. It's just so utterly depressing how the racing audience have become, you know, gaslit and brainwashed. Sanitised. In the, in, into genuinely believing that this, this could a be a welfare issue or that this is, could be yeah, so it is, detrimental it is gaslighting. Look, some of the rep- look at some of the replies uh, uh, to the
0: tweet uh, uh, that I put up last night, Kevin. Incredible. See some of the, what the people's opinions on this, and it's
2: utterly depressing. It's anyway, so look, depressing. depressing. Right. We we're, so we're, were up to the doctors to get some antidepressants. Team, oh, yeah. I'm telling you what. It's, okay. Happy, happy Easter it, Monday,
3: it, everyone. Happy Easter
2: Monday.
0: Let's wrap up our 100th position on the most depressing note of the season so far. The Constitution Hill is not coming over. Look, Uh, anyway, that's that's what it is, guys. um, Enjoy your week. We're back racing only better on Friday. My thanks to Tony, to Vanessa, to Kevin, and to all the people who took the time to uh, to tweet us in the questions as well. Back on Friday, racing only better. Enjoy your week. Good luck.